Well, it, it looked a little tenuous there for a while, but uh, football is back in the Brazos Valley. Uh, the season is about to start this weekend. We got games actually today, Thursday. Um, but before we get to that, this is the Eagles High School Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Perkins, with Abigail Ochoa and Alex Miller, two of, two of my esteemed Eagle colleagues. Uh, nice to see you guys again. Nice to be uh, talking football. Thanks, you too. Football's back. Yeah, let's, let's get it. <laughs> so, yeah, I figured uh, we'd talk a little bit about the games that we're going to be covering this week. Uh, no 5A and 6A yet uh, since the UIL staggered the starts of the bigger schools. Um, so, uh, it's, I think it's a first in a long time where in the regular season, it's, we're covering all area games for the Eagles. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to be at Navasota there hosting Wharton. Uh, which is about the only mismatch on their entire schedule. Uh, if you see, you know, their district uh, assignment and then who they got uh, to play them in non-district, more probably the toughest schedule in, in the Brazos Valley are definitely up there. Uh, did, did you guys, I mean, I'm guessing you guys saw the, the district, uh, the district, that they got lumped in with they got they got they got bumped down to division two uh but you know going down a level you would think it would get a little easier but they, now they have to face Giddings and Cuero two seasons removed from a state championship Gonzalez LaGrange Smithville I think every team in that district made the playoffs last year uh except for Cuero who again two seasons removed from a state championship so uh, I talked to Casey Dacus, the head coach there, and he said they were all about trying to get ready for that district. So they scheduled a bunch of difficult teams, um, and Wharton is definitely kind of their only get-used-to-the-season game um, for them. And uh, they're going to need it because they're, you know, trying to figure out who's going to play quarterback for them. Uh, last year, Zach Dyer started the last few years there, played really well. Uh, but he's gone to graduation, and, you know, now they've got two guys that they're looking at, Jamar Jesse, a bit of a dual-threat guy, junior, and another junior, Drew Gonzalez, uh, who is more of a pocket passer. Both, he said they both had really good arms, uh, so I think you're going to see kind of that Navasota offense of, you know, slinging the ball around a little bit. Not quite as much as they did under Lee Fedora, but they still they still do a fair amount of, of slinging the ball around, and so I think you'll see that again this year. Um, and Daka said they're going to start with Jesse, um, see what he gives them, and then also give Gonzalez a few snaps. So I, I think this is one of those quarterback situations that's not totally settled coming out of camp, which you're seeing more and more uh, at all levels of football lately. Yeah, and I think, you know, I talked to Dickus too last week, I believe, and he kind of talked about wanting to get out of that rut of starting 0-4 this season. I think having opening up with Wharton is going to maybe give them a little bit of confidence. They'll be at home in their new stadium. Um, so it'll be good for them to, to kind of get the season going that way. Yeah, and like, like I mentioned, the, the schedule ramps up really quickly after that. Mm -hmm. uh, so if, if I was a betting man, I'd say that, I'd say that they'll probably have their at least a really good idea of who their starter is going to be uh, after this game. Because after that, you got Sealy and then Mejia and then Huff and Hargrave. And then right. it gets really difficult once you get into that district 
district slate. Uh, I think it's a six, like I said, it's a 16 district and five teams made the playoffs last year. And the yeah. one that didn't won a state championship two years ago. So yeah. lots of travel, uh, lots of really good teams in that district. So it's, it's definitely going to be the toughest that Navasota's had it in a, in a while. Um, and we'll kind of go over some of the COVID guidelines for, for different, our different games here in a bit, but I want to kick it back to Abigail, who's going to be covering, I think it's going to be a, a sneaky good game at the two A level, Norman G and Bremond. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Bremond, um, you know, is projected to win by 20, but like you said, Jeff, I feel like it's going to be, might even be closer than that. Um, this season, obviously, Bremont lost a lot of people last year. They're coming in, having to rebuild and, and uh, fill some spots. Um, Norman G coming back with a lot of people from its roster before. Um, Keith Sun's in his second year. Um, so they're kind of in a different situation than they have been. They usually open up the season with each other. Um, they have for the past two years. So it'll be no different this year. Um, you know, I was talking to... Um, coach, uh, Brumont coach Kozowski, and he was um, talking about that it'll be, this time it'll be a little bit, it'll be getting back into shape and really having those young players have a have a good role in, in tomorrow's game. You know, um, it's projected to be, the forecast is 100 in Brumont tomorrow. He said that that'll be a big factor in this game. You know, believe it or not, it'll be about, you know, whether they really did stay in shape during quarantine and um, you know, some coaches have told me that, you know, their players are coming out better, you know, having been in, in quarantine, uh, you know, Bremon said that, that, that that might have hurt them. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting to see kind of how they deal with the heat, um, you know, having those younger players get back in the game and, and play like that. So Well, um, I, can, I can tell you that one player that is probably as well conditioned as anybody is probably is going to be Seth Kosowski. And that's because he really <laughs> didn't get a break from football practice. I'm guessing uh, with his dad being the head coach. And, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I talked to both of them, actually, I drove up there for our, um, for our interviews for our football tab, which is happening yeah. a little bit later than usual this year. Plug for that. Uh, be looking yeah. for that at the end of September. Um, and as far as what they said about the team as a whole, obviously replacing JT Anthony is going to be really, really hard. Uh, he was their go-to guy last year, uh, ran for over 2,000, I think 300 yards and something like that. Yeah. Yeah, almost, yeah. almost 40 touchdowns. Uh, so a lot to replace there. And at least part of the solution for them is going to be throwing the ball more. Um, with Kosowski and Hunter Woganowski. And mm -hmm. uh, they lost a few weapons in the passing game too. But if you know Bremond, you know that they always have, you know, some good athletes up their sleeves to replace them. And uh, they also have a, uh, a transfer in, a, a move in from Calvert, David Williams, I think. At, he's going to be a running back, but more of a fullback type, a big kid who, who runs um, more punishing uh, than, than – well, I don't want to say more punishing than JT Anthony, but JT Anthony, I think you would describe more as more of a speed back. Um, so the offense is going to look a little different this year. Um, but I think they also said that they're really hanging their hat on defense this year, which getting a little bit more back to that Bremond kind of mindset of defense. They said they weren't really happy with 
totally happy with how the defense performed the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. You know, coach mentioned to me, you know, just a couple of names, Riley um, Slaska. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, Jerry Bledsoe, um, kind of to pick up that defense a little bit and kind of lean on them. Also on offense, like you said, receivers, Hunter, obviously. Um, coach also mentioned TJ Grimes will be two good receivers for Seth um, going into this, um, this season. Uh, so that should be, again, uh, well, and let's talk a little bit about Normandy as well. Um, you know, obviously, um, new coach, this is Sitton's second year, right, you said? Second year, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It did pretty well in, in Sitton's first year, uh, but they do lose Luke Yellett, who was kind of Normandy's all-everything. Uh, <laughs> basketball. Basketball, returner, running back, receiver, kind of did everything for him last year. Didn't get to see him do too much on the football field, um, but, you know, made the All-Brazos Valley team last year in football. And I saw him on the basketball court and did great things on the basketball court the the few games that I covered uh, the Panthers on their playoff run. So that's going to be a big loss uh, for them. And um, I think that's going to be the challenge for them is replacing that production. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they went four and one and and nine – and 9-2A last year, um, made it to area, I believe. Um, and, you know, they're obviously coming in, you know, both teams are kind of, you know, key players in their offense and, and things like that, um, that ca- kind of carried them last year. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of both come out in this first game and, and um, face each other. And earlier we, we talked a little bit about Navis how realignment didn't really do the, the Rattlers many favors, but uh, I think now we're moving on to a team that probably in this area was the winner of realignment as far as um, now being a really big fish in a smaller pond, and that's Franklin. And uh, Alex Miller uh, is going to be on the field for us uh, this weekend for, for the Lions. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's going to be a different look for Franklin, too. Not only are they in, in a new district, but they've, they've got a new coach. But the thing is for Franklin that um, it, it's someone they're familiar with. It's their offensive coordinator, uh, Mark Fannin. He's taken over for the legendary uh, Coach Hedrick. Um, and so I, I, think, I think it'll be the – what the Lions do different, if they do anything different, or if it's, hey, this, we're, we're rolling with a lot of the same, and um, it's going to be the same old tough, good Franklin Lions teams that we've seen in years of late. Um, I, I honestly think it will be a smooth transition for Franklin, um, considering Fannin was on staff. And I, I think Franklin's a true contender in 3A uh, Division Two, and – in week one uh, facing um, Lorena and last year Franklin played Lorena (laughs) and uh, lost that game but you know I I, I see the Lions uh, giving giving Lorena a good run this week and possibly winning Um, sounds like the Lions team starts with Seth Spiller uh, two-way player at linebacker and on offense he'll play in the backfield Um, so is going to be a really good game week one for Franklin. Right. Uh, Lorena, pretty solid team in 4A Division Two last year. Uh, they were in Madisonville's district, uh, I believe. Uh, at the very least, played Madisonville. Um, 
several times in the last few years. Um, and like, like Franklin, they're dropping down a classification as well. So uh, really, this is a 3A Division II versus a 3A Division I matchup, but really it's almost a 3A Division I versus 4A Division II. Um, that's the kind of quality that, that you're facing as well, uh, because we know Franklin, Franklin's pattern of success and, and Lorena's uh, success in, in that Madisonville district the last few years as well. Um, and like, like you said, I, I really do think it's just going to be more of the same. I, I definitely don't think you're going to see them passing the ball like hardly at all. Um, and I can tell you, you know, the, the several times the last few years that I've covered Franklin, it's, it's really fun to watch, but at the same time is a reporter's nightmare because there's like three fakes per there's three fake handoffs per play. And, you don't, you don't really know where the ball is going until after the play's over. And then you're, you're trying to search for the, for the number. And uh, so it's, it's really entertaining football, but it's hard to cover football, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'll be sure to uh, bring my binoculars and have someone handy that's a local uh, to help. Uh, um, what it, um, uh, <laughs> help me out, uh, <laughs> um, spot players on the field. Um, I just got a note that said that Iola has just canceled their next two varsity football games. So that's a big development uh, here on the small school level. We'll have to look into that a little more. They were, so let's see, let's look at Iola. It is. They were scheduled to play. They were scheduled to play. Don't know. Well, Thrall tomorrow. They were scheduled to play. Yeah, there it is. Yes, yeah, they were going to play Thrall tomorrow. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on that. I'll look into this as soon as we get out of here. Uh, but so yeah, I so I a late start this year, and I think the the only other small school that's delaying their start this year is Dimebox, one um, A school. So. That brings us to two, and then uh, along with the 5A and 6A schools and the private schools in the area are also starting late. So uh, we'll keep tuned to theeagle.com, and we'll keep you up on, on all that kind of stuff uh, here. Pretty much wraps up what we've got for, um, for this week. Um, we were going to talk about COVID regulations. So for the Navasota game, if you're planning on going to that, they are selling tickets at the gate, but there is, you know, obviously the limits, the attendance limitations. So it's first come first serve, um, on that. Um, and if you're under third grade, they ask that you wear a mask. So if you're going to that game, bring your mask. Um, and both, uh, I think all of the, pretty much all of these schools, it's pr probably your safest bet if you plan on going to a game to um, buy tickets through the school um, during the week, I would say. Yeah, um, I know Bremond is also selling tickets at the gate. Um, they did sell, they did a school pre-sale before. Um, so any, any tickets that are left will be sold at the gate. Um, the capacity for no, the Normandy side, so the visitor side will be 230, and for the Bremont side will be 270 um, on Friday at 730. And then- And for Franklin, it looks like tickets will not be sold at the game, and both Franklin and Lorena have sold tickets throughout this week for Friday's game. Yeah, so if you're planning on going to games, 
best bet is to purchase through the schools. Um, usually, uh, I mean, you can always purchase through the ticket office, but I think most schools have been setting up online purchasing as well. So look into that. Uh, so yeah, the last thing I wanted to talk about here, we're almost done. Um, talk a little 5A, 6A. We don't start for almost another month or so, but uh, I think we got, we got some teams that'll contend for the playoffs, particularly in 5A with uh, College Station and We'll turn to our resident College Station graduate uh, and Alex Miller uh, to see on what the Cougars might have for us this year. Yeah, um, should be another solid College Station football team. I mean, Coach Huff, he, he coaches them well. They're very disciplined. Um, they, they have a very talented junior class this year, led by his son, uh, Jet Huff, who's going to be taking over at quarterback full-time. Kind of split duties last year with Austin Sosa, but – uh, it sounds like Jeff or Jet is going to be QB one year. They got a good running back, Roderick Brown. He's got a weapon with uh, Houston Thomas. Good defense with Jackson Slanker and Bubba Carter. I mean, they're they're pretty solid. the The thing is, are are the Cougars as elite as some of the other teams? One in their district and two in their region. I mean, they are in a probably one of the most competitive regions in the entire state at any classification. Um, you know, they got Lufkin in their district. Lufkin is good year in and year out. And then you go one district over to seven, five a and Longview and Highland park drop down from six a. So if, if the Cougars are going to make a deep run to, they're going to have to beat the best teams in their classification. And, you know, they've got pieces in place to where they can make a legitimate run at it. And, um, you know, I think uh, College Station is kind of funny. So uh, they won, had that great state title run a few years ago. And then coming back these last few seasons, looked like the offense maybe wasn't as explosive as, as the, you know, the Marquez Perez led unit and Jalen Campbell and Day Day Anderson and all those guys. But they still found ways to get it done. Uh, like you get into the playoffs, obviously they didn't go as deep as as those other teams. But you mentioned Highland Park; they almost they they had Highland Parks on the Highland Park on the ropes in the area around I think two years ago, and I, I, I'm pretty sure they lost they lost to Frisco Lone Star last year, another really power program. So they're going to have to get over that hump. But it's not like they've you know just fallen off the they, uh, fallen off a cliff after that win. They've been competitive in the playoffs. They've been. Uh, competitive in their district as well so um, I think now with a second year kind of well kind of like a one and a half slash second year under Jet Huff who will kind of take over uh, I would imagine he's going to be taking over the offense you know 100% this year as opposed to kind of splitting time um, you know we we saw what he could do in limited time last year and I you know I think the the, the arrow is pointing up for the Cougars I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so then agree. that, what'd you say? I said, I would agree. Um, and then another district that that'll be really interesting to me is, uh, 10, five, a division two with console and rudder. Um, uh, it's pretty much the same district that it's been the last couple of years, uh, except I believe Katie Pato moved out and Richmond full moved in. Um, so I, I think it'll be, a similar race as it's been the last couple of years, uh, you know, except for 
that Katie Pato team, which might have been good enough to win the district this year, obviously will not be competing for th for that district. Um, so I think the most interesting thing is again, kind of like last year, where does Rudder fall in the pecking order? And for me, it's just like they've been taking little steps forward and little steps forward under Greg Morgan and now under Eric Ezar and with kind of like with college station with a second year under EJ Ezar quarterback. And we know what Keetron Lee can do. And I think with so much turnover at Huntsville and Lamar consolidated with, I think Tay McWilliams was a senior, their star running back. And then obviously can I think Keithron Lee has to be on your short list for preseason uh, district MVPs. He's probably the most explosive player. That's a returning starter in the district. I would say. Uh, so where, 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 how do you guys kind of see Rudder's Rudder season kind of unfolding here, you know, a month before the season starts? Yeah, I think this is Rudder's best chance to get to the playoffs yet. I mean, they've got, they've got a coach that he's got his pieces in place. They've got a quarterback that's established. He's got some talent. They've got a weapon that he can throw to. And you look at the district and it's, it's a district that's winnable with games. I mean, I, I think, I think Rudder's got a chance to actually make it this year. And um, interesting to see if they can win some of those um, kind of those push games. Uh, I think last year they came down to the end of the season for them when they were pushing for that playoff spot and they weren't able to get over the hump. Can they get over the hump? And I think that the schedule works out to where they're playing teams that they can beat this year. Um, paytal has gone and uh, they get they get two Montgomery schools, Lamar consolidated, full shear. I mean those are winnable games. Um, I think I think legitimate chance to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, and I think I think they may have the best defense they've had in a while. Um, Trey McClinton really burst onto the scene last year on the defensive line. And I didn't even notice this uh, when I first skimmed Dave Campbell's. Uh, but when I was looking, I think yesterday, the day before, they have him on their 5A preseason All-State team, uh, Trey McClinton from Rudder on their D-line. And I think that's the only player from the area on the 5A team. I don't think anybody from Consol or College Station – made that team. So yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's a really good shot. What do you think, uh, Abigail? Yeah, I think, it, I think this season is probably going to be really about bouncing back from the past two years. They ended with Huntsville last season. Um, I, you know, I was able to cover that game. I came in kind of at the end, but you know, they had three unanswered touchdowns um, in the first quarter. Um, at, the Huntsville did. Um, so I think, you know, like you said, having that strong defense will be very important for them. Um, just kind of getting back and getting back into the groove of things and really um, coming back strong this season. Um, okay, yeah, I think uh, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a good, good year in five, eight. Uh, we're running out of time, but I do want to touch briefly on Brian. It's been down for them the last few years, but um, another year under, under Ross Rogers, had some uh, really tough schedules the last two years in Cyprus. And it, it seems like no matter where you go in 6A, it's going to be tough. Uh, they, they end up in Central Texas with some teams they're a little more familiar with. Uh, but I'm not sure Temple and, and the Colleen schools and, and, 
and all those guys are if they're easier than the Cypress schools, it's it's not by a whole lot. So it it should be another tough season for Brian. But uh, you know, do either of you see any signs for optimism for them? I definitely think it's going to be different. Um, Temple obviously is a blue blood in the state. Um, the Colleen schools are interesting. I feel like it's a mixed bag there sometimes with what you see from them. Uh, Ross Rogers is definitely familiar with the area dating back to his days at Consol. Um, and I think but, he, he coached at uh, Shoemaker as well, I believe. Yeah. In Shoemaker. I'd say I'm pretty sure he coached one of those schools too. But, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what Brian can do. Um, last year was a really tough season for them. Uh, the Cypress schools are full of talent. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they come along. And I mean, it's not, it looks, it's, 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 it's one way up for them. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out for the Vikings. I think um, probably one of the mo more overlooked, uh, overlooked aspects of, of the Vikings um, they may have the most experienced quarterback in this area, at least among the large, the larger teams, because they have Bullhoff coming back for, I think this is his third season starting, or at least partial, maybe, maybe his sophomore year. I think he was a partial starter, like kind of like split time. And then last year he was a starter. Uh, and then, you know, this year it seems like he's coming in and he's kind of another one of their do everything. He plays quarterback, does some kicking, um, I think the key is him going to be staying healthy because I think he had some injury issues last year, or missed some time, or at least played hurt, um, if I'm remembering right. So um, I think that'll be the key for him. And I think that's just about it, too, because we got less than a minute, according to Zoom here. So I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back next week and weekly uh, to talk all sorts of Brazos Valley football. Well, thanks, guys.